listening to the sermon podcast of Brockport First Baptist. We are a progressive American Baptist congregation located about 20 minutes outside of Rochester, New York. To learn more about our church and support our ministries, please visit BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Ecclesiastes 1, uh, verses 1 to 14. Please join with me. The words of the teacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the teacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What do people gain from all the toil at which they toil under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hurries to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. Round and round goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they continue to flow. All things are wearisome, more than one can express. The eye is not satisfied with seeing or the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new? It has already been in the ages before us. The people of long ago are not remembered, nor will there be any remembrance of people yet to come by those who come after them. I, the teacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem. I applied my mind to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to humans to be busy with. I saw all the deeds that are done under the sun, and see all is vanity and a chasing after wind. The word of the God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good luck, Dan. <laughs> Thanks, Kurt. <laughs> oh, that was fun. I love that you love this book. That's incredible. <clears throat> if that was a little, uh, a little bit of a downer, it's going to get so much worse, you guys. You have no idea. Um, you know what? I feel, I feel like we need that. We could all use a little existential dread uh, <laughs> from time to time. Um, so happy new year again. It's, uh, it's 2023. Um, I know uh, with the new year, there's a lot of hope, a lot of optimism in the, in the air, which uh, maybe it's appropriate that we're getting hit in the face with this uh, heavy dose of reality. Um, <clears throat> we are going into a new teaching focus today on the book of Ecclesiastes. Just to back up a little bit, though, and uh, remind everyone of where we've been, where we're at. Uh, back in the fall, we started a series called A Year of Wisdom, where for the next year, um, and you can go to the next slide, Vincent. Perfect. For the next year, um, we're going to be uh, working through the wisdom tradition of the Bible. Uh, we started with the book of Proverbs. We spent about eight or nine weeks there. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but now we are moving on to the book of Ecclesiastes, which I'm calling the wisdom after wisdom. Proverbs wisdom was pretty straightforward. Uh, very black and white. Uh, if you do good, good things will happen to you. If you do bad, bad things will happen to you. You'll be punished. Ecclesiastes is for all of us who heard that message and thought, yeah, right. 
right? Like, if you, if you found yourself reading Proverbs uh, a month ago and you were like, wow, it'd be nice if this was true. It'd be, really, it'd be really great if life actually worked this way. Ecclesiastes is your book. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> Ecclesiastes is wisdom for all those moments when life doesn't go according to plan. When things don't just work out and we find ourselves asking, what is the point of all this? The words of the teacher Vanity of vanities, says the teacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What do people gain from all the labor at which they toil under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises, the sun sets, and then hurries again to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. Round and round goes the wind, and on its circuits, the wind returns. All streams flow into the sea, but the sea is never full. All things are wearisome, more than one can express. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear with hearing. What has been is what will be. What has been done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. Full disclosure, I love Ecclesiastes too. This, I, it's, it's like a warm blanket of cynicism, right? It's just, ah, I love it. Uh, just a few verses later, the teacher who's speaking gets autobiographical. I, the teacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem. I applied my mind to seek and search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to human beings to be busy with. I saw all the deeds that are done under the sun. And look, behold, all is vanity and a chasing after the wind. And I think it bears repeating the word of God for the people of God. <laughs> Thanks be to God. <clears throat> it's a bit of a downer. But I remember reading this book for the first time when I was like 16 years old, um, jaded, pessimistic little teenage Dan, right, with like my, my black t-shirts and my lip ring and my hair dyed blue. I remember reading Ecclesiastes and thinking, this guy gets it. Like, the Bible understands me. That was my experience of reading this book for the first time. Um, if you've ever felt jaded or cynical, if you've ever just been done with things. Have you ever felt like you had to fake it when you come to church? Have you ever found yourself like gritting your teeth and forcing a smile when some well-meaning Christian friend says, God won't give us more than we can handle? <laughs> if you can relate to any of those, the book of Ecclesiastes is for you. There is room for anger and frustration in our faith. There's room for pessimism. God has a place for that. The Bible has a place for that. Even that belongs. To get into Ecclesiastes and unpack uh, really the core philosophy of this book, I want to highlight this last phrase here. All is vanity and a chasing after the wind. 
This line, and more specifically this word, vanity, comes up over and over again in Ecclesiastes. It's like a, a refrain, almost like a, like a mantra that the author just keeps repeating over and over again. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity, all is vanity, and a chasing after the wind. What's the deal with vanity? Like vanity, next slide, is not a word I use that often. Uh, It's the word our Bible uses. We're reading out of the New Revised Standard Version. That's the translation of the Bible we have in our pews. Uh, If you're reading a different translation of the Bible, though, you might have a different word there. Um, In the NIV, it says meaningless. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. The Good News Translation has useless. The New American Standard Bible renders it futility. Futile, futile, says the teacher. Everything is futile. The Common English Bible uh, goes with perfectly pointless. I like the alliteration there. And in the Contemporary English Version, it gets right to the point. It says nothing makes sense. Nonsense. Empty, futile, pointless, meaningless, vanity, all these words to translate the same Hebrew word. Now, a little pro tip, um, it's always a good idea to read multiple translations of the Bible. You know, if you, if you can't read the original languages, which, like, let's face it, 99.9% of us can't, it's very helpful to read different translations and see how different translators kind of render it. But as a rule of thumb, when you see this many variations... When there are this many translations of a single word, it's usually a good indication that there's something going on in the text. There's there's some ambiguity here. Something is happening in this ancient Hebrew text that the translators are struggling to convey in modern English. So let's do a quick Hebrew lesson. First Hebrew lesson of, of 2023. Woo! Now, We've already got the word up here that's being translated. It's the Hebrew word havel. Let me hear you all say havel. Havel. Excellent, excellent pronunciation. Havel. Um, Havel can mean all these things. They're all decent translations. Vanity, meaningless, futile, empty, pointless. They're all accurate, uh, albeit maybe poetic, translations of havel. But in common day-to-day usage, there's actually a much simpler rendering of this word. In like common talk, havel literally means vapor, smoke, uh, steam. Think about your breath on a cold day. That's havel. Vapor, vapor. Everything is vapor, says the teacher. The sun rises, the sun sets, the wind blows back and forth, all is vapor and a chasing after the wind. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The central thesis of Ecclesiastes is that everything is vapor. Everything. It's all smoke. It's all Havel. Our lives our possessions, our health, our intellect, 
the people we know, the, the people we love, our families, our careers, our institutions, this church, it's here for a moment, and then it's gone. Vapor. If we're going to understand Ecclesiastes, if we're going to have any hope of reading this book well, we have to understand the nature of vapor. Now, I think it needs to be said, vapor is not meaningless, right? Like, that's not the word I would use to describe vapor. If I see, like, smoke rising off of a candle wick, I'm not sitting there thinking, like, what vanity, right? Like, that's not, that's not where my mind goes. I get why the translators go with that. They're trying to get at the root of what's being said. But meaninglessness is not the thing that describes vapor. Vapor is fleeting. It's temporary. It's here for a moment, and then it's gone. That's the nature of vapor. I have a friend named Katie Jo. Uh, I've actually got a picture of her uh, on the slides here. Uh, She's a clergy colleague of mine in Rochester. And uh, in addition to being an American Baptist pastor, she's also an artist, a pretty amazing artist. And she specializes in these sand mandalas. And Vincent, you can like give each of these like maybe 10 seconds and just kind of rotate through. But this artwork you see here, it's made entirely out of sand. Um, They're absolutely beautiful, really vivid uh, colors, provocative images. It takes Katie Jo hours, sometimes days, to make a single mandala. Um, She'll do events, uh, conferences, worship services. People will come and watch her for hours as she rubs her little sticks together to make uh, these images. It's almost like performance art. And then once the mandala is finished, once it's finalized, everyone gets out their phones and takes a quick picture, and then she wipes it away. Hevel. Katie Joe's art is not meaningless, right? It's not pointless. It's not vanity but it's temporary. It's not meant to last. You could say that's part of the beauty of it. There's actually also a character in the Bible named Hevel. Did you know this? There's a character named Vapor, named Hevel. We don't call him Hevel uh, because King James decided to anglicize all the names, Uh, (laughs) but we meet a character in Genesis 4 named Hevel. He's the son of Adam and Eve, Brother to Cain, Abel, 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 Havel, Hevel. That's his Hebrew name, Vapor. What do you guys know about Abel? Anybody? He gets killed. Yeah, he dies. Uh, we meet Abel. He's, he's there for a scene. He goes to offer a sacrifice, and then his brother kills him. Hevel, Vapor. By the way, his brother Cain, Cain literally means to take or to acquire. You can use it of taking a life. So the life taker kills vapor is, is, the, is the idea of what's going on there. Pretty interesting when you look at these names in Hebrew. Vapor is temporary. 
It's fleeting. It's not meant to last. That's the nature of vapor. And the, Ecclesi- the author of Ecclesiastes wants us to know that that is the nature of everything. Now, over the next several weeks, we're going to be unpacking the implications of this. We're going to talk about what does this mean for us? What does it mean that everything is vapor? Where does that leave us as human beings? What wisdom does the teacher of Ecclesiastes have to draw from this? For today, though, um, I want to just make a few observations right on the front end to set the groundwork for this study. And the first is what we have up here right now. Everything is vapor, so don't try to control it. As human beings, I think a lot of our sense of power and security comes from controlling stuff, from holding on to things, exerting our power in the world. Uh, We control other people. We try to control outcomes. We try to control ourselves, often badly. Um, We plan and we scheme. We manipulate and work the system. But it's all just vapor management. It's just us trying to control the air, wind. You can't corral smoke and keep it one spot. You can't manipulate the wind. The wind blows where it will. It's just us trying to control stuff that we have no power over. This one's convicting for me because I try to control everything. Some of you know this already. (laughs) I'm always planning. I'm always envisioning. I'm always scheming. I'm always thinking about the future. But ultimately, I have no power to determine what the future will be. I'm powerless. And I got to say, nothing makes me feel more powerless than parenting. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Parenting is vapor, man. Um... I've only been a parent for eight years. I know it's going to get way worse, um, but I've already figured out that I have no control over the situation. Um, I remember when Miriam was first born, learning how to hold her, learning how to feed her, learning how to get her to fall back asleep when she'd wake up in the middle of the night crying, you know? I figured each of those things out just in time for her not to need me to do it anymore, you know? Uh, We use cloth diapers with Miriam, which don't even get me started, Um, but we use cloth diapers, and I would clean those things in the bathtub every weekend. Um, I bought one of those big orange buckets from Home Depot, and I I put a hole in the lid and put a plunger through it, and every, every weekend I would dump the dirty diapers in there, usually in like three or four shifts, because there's a lot, uh, with a little soap and water, and I would just work that thing like the world's grossest butter churn. Like, that was, that was how we cleaned the diapers. It was such a hassle. It was so, it was so gross. And, like, right when I started getting used to it, when it, like, wasn't a big deal anymore, it wasn't it was just a thing I do, right when I'd gotten it down to a science, a few months later, she's out of diapers, And then with Zeke, we went disposable. (laughs) So it's like, it's Hevel, right? It's Hevel. It's all Hevel. How funny we must look as human beings, trying to control all this stuff that we have no power over. From our kids, to our finances, our careers, our lives. Don't waste your life on vapor management. I'm preaching to myself here. 
Don't lose sight of the present trying to plan for the future. Don't hold on so tightly to wind, something you can't control. That's our first bit of wisdom. Second piece of wisdom, everything is vapor, so don't put your hope in it. Don't put your trust, don't put your faith, don't look for meaning or salvation in stuff that's not going to last, which is everything, by the way. This is where I think the advertising industry has really done us dirty. Um, Advertising succeeds by getting us to forget just how temporary everything is, how nothing lasts. We're taught to chase after these products that make these big promises they're going to fix our lives, and it never works. It never delivers, but we keep doing it anyway. Um, I think of that rush when you buy a new iPhone, right, or, or whatever the technology is. The, the battery is better. The performance is better. You know, it's, it's going to be great. And it runs awesome for a few months. But then you notice the battery life starts given out. It doesn't, doesn't last as long on a charge. You drop it. The screen gets a crack in it. Pretty soon, there's a new model out that makes yours obsolete. Hevel. Vapor. We're going to see in Ecclesiastes that the teacher, the author of this book, he talks about all the places he looked for meaning and satisfaction. Uh, he acquired wealth, wisdom, power. He dabbles in hedonism and folly. All of it runs out. All of it lets him down, except for God. That's the one thing that doesn't run out. Amidst all these laments about how nothing lasts, nothing is forever, the seemingly meaningless cycle of existence, the teacher also writes this in Ecclesiastes 3. I know that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it nor taken from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before him. The one source of hope, the one source of wonder and awe, the only thing in this uh, world of vapor that's truly permanent is God. Everything else is temporary. Everything else will fail you. So put your hope and trust in God. I think what happens is we get these good things from God. God blesses us with health, maybe, or money, um, a family, relationships, and we end up putting our trust, getting our sense of identity from those things instead of the God who gave them to us. Problem is, none of it lasts. It all runs out. On a long enough timeline, it all runs to zero. Your friends and family will let you down. You're gonna endure loss. Many of us already have. Every single one of us is going to lose our health, our money, eventually our lives. And it doesn't mean that that stuff is bad or meaningless or pointless. It just means that it's temporary. It's fleeting. It's here for a second then it's gone. I know some folks who've endured terrible loss. I know people in this room who've been through awful losses. 
and I've learned a lot. And one of the things I've noticed is that the folks who tend to maintain hope in the midst of all that, they tend to be the ones who figured out this point, who've come to terms with the fleeting nature of existence, made some kind of peace with it. Uh, It's not easy. I dread the day when I have to learn that lesson firsthand. To be perfectly honest, I'm terrified of it. But everything is vapor. Don't put your hope in it. If it's all vapor, nothing is permanent, we can't control it, we shouldn't put our trust in it, then what are we supposed to do with all this stuff? What do we do with our lives? What do we do with the vapor that constitutes existence? The answer of the book of Ecclesiastes is our third and final bit of wisdom today. Everything is vapor, so enjoy it. Enjoy it. Seriously, this is, this is from Ecclesiastes 2. Uh, let's see, Ecclesiastes 2, 24 to 25. There is nothing better for mortals than to eat and drink and find enjoyment in their toil. This also, I saw, is from the hand of God, for apart from God, who can eat or have enjoyment? And from Ecclesiastes 9, go, eat your food joyfully and drink your wine happily because God has already accepted what you do. Let your garments always be white. Don't run short of oil for your head. Enjoy life with your dearly loved spouse all the days of your pointless life that God gives you under the sun. (laughs) There's some daily affirmation for you. (laughs) Enjoy your pointless life. Because that's your part to play. And of course, remember, whenever you see pointless or meaningless, Hevel. This is another theme, almost like a mantra that runs through this book. Life is short. Enjoy it. Life is fleeting. Enjoy this fleeting life for the gift it is. Eat good food. Invest in meaningful relationships with awesome people. Parents, enjoy your children while they're young. Because eventually they're going to grow up, and you might not get to see them as often as you would like. Uh, If you have aging parents who are part of your life, enjoy your time with them. For all the frustration, the headaches, the pain, the pain of watching bodies deteriorate, savor that time. Because it doesn't last long. It's easy to misread this book as a message of total hopelessness. And make no mistake, there is some real anguish, some real frustration in this book. The teacher goes to some dark places, but that's not the whole picture. At the heart of this book is the message that life is a gift and we are meant to enjoy it. Don't try to hold on to it. Don't try to manipulate or control it. Don't burden another person by making them your source of hope. 
Don't burden this life by trying to find something permanent in it. It's vapor. Enjoy it. Savor it. And remember that it's a gift. And put your hope in the God who gave you that gift. Let's pray. God, thank you for the gift of this life. Thank you for gifts like family and friends, this church, this community, this table before us, and all that it represents. Help us, Lord, to receive these gifts, to savor them, to treasure them, and not try to control them. And through it all, Lord, help us put our trust in you. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can connect with us on Facebook at Brockport First Baptist, on Twitter at Brockport FB, and on our website, BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Our theme music was composed by Scott Holmes. This has been a production of Brockport First Baptist.